Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And today we've got a special guest with us, our first returning guest of the Meow Mix podcast from Sports Illustrated covering the Panthers, Jason Hewitt. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Hey, appreciate it. It's good to be back. I missed y'all, man. I missed (laughs) y'all. Well, we we missed you too, but we've been keeping up with you, writing some great stuff on SI. Kind of funny that we had you on this week. We talked a little last week about some free agents that are coming up for the Panthers and uh, dovetail it a little bit with one of your more recent articles about the future core of the Panthers. Um, so we'll talk about that article here in a minute, but uh, anything else you want to bring up before we kind of get it started? Um, I mean, it's good to be here. Um, be sure to follow us at SI underscore Panthers on Twitter. Follow me at Jason Hewitt 50 on Twitter and be sure to read our stuff at on www.si slash nfl slash panthers there you go there you go that's pretty much it man yeah yeah and we'll we'll put all that stuff in our uh, description as well for you and we'll throw it out there on twitter Uh, but yeah si twitter awesome follow um and check it out jason and a couple other writers there at si do some great work so and we we usually try to retweet some a lot of the articles and stuff yeah Definitely. It's appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Well, hey, before we get into the article there, I kind of wanted to get your overall thoughts on the season so far. Like, how's it going based on what you thought the season, you know, coming into the season? We talked to you, obviously, before the season started. And it seems like record-wise, we're about where you thought we would be. But is the season kind of playing out the way you thought? Well, see, the thing is, they played with our emotions, man. See? <laughs> Oh, all right. They're exactly what I thought they were going to be. But when they were three and two and going up against the Bears and being in that game so competitively, it was really frustrating. And I feel like ever since that game and that losing streak moving forward, I feel like those same issues from that game have been very repeated. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I feel like for the most part, like they're, on the up and up, but at the same time, like the issues are pretty glaring. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to get into uh, the Vikings game. Oh, broke my heart. I was mad for like three days after that. I'm and I knew sad. we were making the playoffs <laughs> at that time. I was still that upset though. Yeah. Cause it's a game that you're supposed to win, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. So. I think uh, where Jerry and I, you know, in our prediction show, we before the season, we both said around five and 11, six and 10, something like that as, mm-hmm. as a final record. And, and Panthers are right around there. But I think how they've gotten there for me is a little different than what I expected because there haven't really been any just ugly blowout games, right? Maybe one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, otherwise, I mean, like they took the Chiefs to the last I- second. Mm-hmm. you know the chiefs the, the best team in the league arguably and they've just been right there in almost every single one of these games and yeah you like you said we had thoughts of playoffs in our head at one point this season and it wasn't week one like it was into the season <laughs> and that was i did not i did not expect that at all yeah it's it's disappointing and but i feel like the young players are actually doing pretty well for the most part so I feel like there's like consistency moving forward there. So that's good. Now, yeah. what of the who of the young players have really stood out to you? 
Well, I'm pretty sure the obvious is well, yeah. the defensive rookie of the year. The defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right. One more time. The defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> there, you there you go. Um, shoot, who else? Zach Kerr has been doing really well. Mm-hmm. I've liked his performance a lot this season. Um, I guess Robbie Anderson is still technically young, and he's doing his <laughs> thing. You know, he's not DJ Moore, but he's, like, following right behind him for the most yep. part. Brian Burns is Brian Burns. He's a pro bowler <laughs> by far. If he's not, then we riot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, what do you think about Derek Brown so far? He's. Uh, I feel like what he's done isn't really like something that you could see on the stat sheet. But if, if you watch him on the field, he's definitely plugging holes. He's definitely wreaking havoc on the offensive line. We just don't really see that on the stat sheet because he's not getting really any sacks or right. yeah. that many solo tackles, but he's definitely contributed. And I feel like he'll, that'll grow moving forward. Yeah. My only negative with him, he needs to stop making like the false start or offsides on third yeah, down yeah. and two and illegal <laughs> hands to the face. Yeah. That's just, I mean, he's young and he's a passionate player. So I feel like those two go hand in hand. And I mean, it's, it's tough, especially the situations he was in. It was frustrating to watch. You're like, dang, bro, right now, right now, <laughs> man. It's third down and like two, and you're doing stupid stuff. But I feel like he's getting through the growing pains. I haven't seen that many penalties from him lately. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, happy, still happy with him as the seventh pick for the Panthers? You think not a mistake? I, feel, I think so. I, I mean, considering who was available, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they could have gotten Isaiah Simmons and ugh, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who needs Isaiah Simmons when you've got Jeremy Chin? Jeremy Chin, exactly. <laughs> Second round. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I remember calling Jeremy Chin Isaiah Simmons light, and I will happily <laughs> put on my dunce cap for that hey, one. I think we all did. I think uh, Stephen and I commented that, too. We yeah pulled up the stats and there are mirror images and we're like, look, we got this guy in the second round with the same stats. Mm-hmm. And now watching them play, it's night and day of which one is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simmons is finally getting a, a little bit of an opportunity there with Arizona, but um, Chin has just been a standout for the Panthers all season long. And it's been fun to watch. Yeah. What position do you think he, you know, I, I saw someone, um, and I, forgive me, I don't remember the name, but it was an older player was sort of giving his, his his thoughts on Chin, said that he thought he would end up being a safety long-term for the Panthers. Um, to me, it feels like he might be better suited at linebacker. Uh, you know, if you're going to put him in a traditional spot, uh, what do you, what, which one would you think that he'd be better at? Oh, hmm. I'd probably say like a Sam linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. personally because i mean he's leading the team in tackles i believe right and he's i feel like he's much better in the box than in coverage that's just me i've seen him in coverage he he makes plays occasionally but i feel more comfortable with him being like more of a run stopper maybe turnover enforcer yeah yeah i agree um, i did too i always thought he kind of reminded me of like a early Thomas Davis, how he was drafted as a safety and then went mm-hmm. down in the second year. Yeah, he was – I actually – I listened to y'all 
y'all's on a bye week podcast, and he was I didn't know he was drafted to basically be a spy for Michael Vick. That was actually a really cool fact. I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> yep, I remember that that vividly. Um <laughs> Because we needed somebody, right? Oh, yeah. You have to. Tearing, tearing up the entire NFL. Michael Vick destroyed the Panthers every time he played. Oh, that yeah. read option was like before it ever came to any other team, they were doing it back then. And they destroyed us every time we played. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, he was the man. He was the man. Um, oh, we hated him, but he was the man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just like so, Julio now. there you go. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So any, Jerry, any other questions kind of before we get into the, the future core of the Panthers here? Uh, no, not at all. Let's go into the future core. Yeah. So we've been talking about the rookies, you know, some of the, the top guys here, Chin and uh, Derek Brown and your article SI.com again. Um, you mentioned a lot of guys, for the core and we'll get into some of those guys here in a minute but i i wanted to say your entire article did not mention the words teddy or bridgewater so (laughs) wanted to start there Uh, what do you think about what you've seen from teddy so far and why is he not considered by you as part of the core moving forward well when they brought him in like i i was on board but i wasn't fully on board with him being the future long-term. I feel like he'd be able to carry the team and not lose them games. But the problem and what I was kind of referring to earlier was that when the game was in his hands, he turned the ball over and it'd be so frustrating because they brought you in to be that guy that the defense can depend on when they get that one stop for you to feed to your weapons and you can't even do that, man. And it's like a consistent thing. Like since that Bears game, I feel like a lot of times when he's in the position to make that play, like occasionally he'll make a scramble, which is nice. It shows his heart, I guess. That's cool. But at the same time, like there's too many times where we'd see like a really horrible throw in crunch time or even an interception. And so I feel like <sighs> – actually talked about this in the podcast yesterday it's like I want them to get a quarterback but at the same time like if it's not Fields or Lawrence I'm really not that interested so they might stick with him for another year but after that I really don't see them keeping around you don't want them to reach in the draft for a quarterback you want them to fall in love with a guy and fall to him and if Mm -hmm. he gets there and then grab him Mm -hmm. I personally am really liking the kid from North Carolina North Dakota State. The only problem is the competition. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with Zach Wilson. I feel like a lot of Panthers fans are into him as well. But it's the same thing. Like, oh, you're you're playing in Brickham Young. (laughs) (laughs) You're not playing the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Ohio States. So we really don't know what you can do against top-tier competition. Yeah, it was always tough with quarterbacks, but we thought the same thing about Jeremy Chen, even though that's not a quarterback. But at the same time, it's kind of like the same argument that, you know, he hasn't faced the same level of competition. Is he a big fish in a little pond or is he just a big fish? Exactly. And you really don't know. That's why I'm kind of looking forward to the combine to see even more information. Yeah. Have you heard anything about how the combine is going to be handled this year? 
I have not yet. I need to get yeah. into it though. Yeah, I'll be curious to see. Uh, obviously, it probably won't be as the same as it usually is, but mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, hopefully, the Panthers will still be able to to find their guys. Um, so, on offense here, well, first of all, before we even get into the players, mm-hmm. you say that the future of the franchise rests in the hands of Rule and Herney. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Talk I about. <laughs> I want to talk about Herney for a second. Do you think that? He'll be around next year in the same capacity that he is right now. What do you mean by same capacity? So general manager, you know, basically he's going to be in charge of, okay, that's a good question. Okay. Is he going to be the one drafting the next class and signing free agents, re-signing our own free agents, things like that? Because they may bring somebody else in to handle that as well. Ooh, Okay. So I have a little conspiracy theory. This isn't any insider information or anything. This is just like what I'm thinking based oh. on what I've seen so far. Okay. I feel like Wool has already been pulling those strings. And her you heard it here first, Jason Hewitt said confirmed that not really. <laughs> Sports <laughs> Illustrated reports. I feel like he's pulling the strings and I feel like Herney's name is the one that's attached to a lot of these moves. Like this all defensive draft, I feel it screams Matt Rule to me, which is fine. Like I, this has been a solid year of growth, I think, mm-hmm. for the team so far. So I mean, mm, I I feel like they're gonna keep him around, but I don't think he's gonna be at the same capacity. I feel like Rule might even have even more influence moving forward. So he's not to be a figurehead, but he kind of runs the scouting department, the money situation, but Matt rule makes the ultimate decisions when he brings a scouting information to him and all that. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I think that Herney is going to be promoted quote unquote to, mm-hmm. you know, like president of football operations or, you know, some title like that where, you know, he still has his hands on a lot of things like Jerry said, but that there, there's going to be another general manager that's going to be in charge of the day-to-day player, the personnel moves, things like that. And I, and I honestly think that that's okay. I wouldn't mind because Herney, he has an eye for talent. He does. I mean, he's and he and apparently Tepper loves him. He just falls into the pocket of whatever owner is around. He must be like the greatest guy to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it seems like he's very. Hmm. I feel like it's an extreme way of saying it, but kind of a yes man mm-hmm. in the sense that like, you know, he'll, if the owner tells him to make a move, he'll make that move without any hesitation. That's just me though. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Richardson loved him and now yeah. Tepper loves him. He's gone through about three different, four different coaches and they all liked him too. So. Something's right, I guess. <laughs> He's a people person. People just like him. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's get into the fun stuff, like the players here. Um, On offense, you highlight Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Um, Of course, Curtis Samuels got a contract coming up. Yes, he does. Taylor Moten has a contract coming up in the offensive line. Uh, As well as Russell Kung. Um, So... Obviously, we're not going to be able to resign. I, I don't think we'll be able to resign Curtis Samuel and Taylor Moten. Do mm-hmm. you disagree with that? Okay, I agree one hundred percent. Which one to you would be the more important one to resign if you I can only do one? 
I think y'all know the answer to that. Yeah. But I'm, I'll say it for the folks out there. <laughs> Moten, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You always build your lawn. Always build your lawn. The game is won in the trenches, period. Yeah. So, so, not Taylor Moten's not the only free agent we have. We have Russell Okun, John mm-hmm. Miller, Chris Reed, Michael Schofield, and Tyler Larson all hitting free agency this year. Mm-hmm. Is there any others that you really feel – Obviously, for the right price. I mean, you're not going to give Chris Reed, John Miller, tons of money. But for the right mm-hmm. price, which ones do you think should be the priority that they bring in back? Oh, that's a great question. Do you you want me to say on offense here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the O line. Okay, for O line specifically. Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay, Okun can go. I'll say that now. He, he mm-hmm. it'll, and I feel like it won't hurt because he's been hurt all year, so it's yeah, right. not like it'll be that much of an impact. Plus, it's more of an opportunity for the young guys to grow anyway. So there's that. Um, Tyler Larson, oh, it all depends on Paradis too, though, because we – that's also – it's so many questions on this team. <laughs> like, yeah. If they pay Larson, then one would think, okay, then what's going to happen with Paradis, right? Because mm-hmm. you can cut Paradis. You could. Yes, you could, which is oh, it's a it's a mystery. Um, let's see who else is up for a contract. I believe John Miller's up for a contract as mm-hmm. well. John Miller, I Chris pay John Reed. Miller. Chris Reed, mm, TBD, <laughs> and Michael Schofield. You can go. <laughs> I feel like he'll, and I feel like he'll go to get a better opportunity somewhere else, like maybe in Washington or somewhere. Or he's familiar, maybe back to the Chargers. I don't know how their O-line situation is right now. They can always use more linemen. Yes, you know that. I mean, <laughs> you can always use quality linemen no matter what. Exactly. So do you think Little is the, the starting LT of the future, or is that person not on the team right now? This is, oh, we don't – he he was benched, you know? I like. Know. He was inactive. Like, a healthy scratch. And he was one of the guys that I thought was going to make a big step this year. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. what do you do at this point? I mean, if you get rid of him and he ends up balling somewhere else, it'll be like a Bradbury situation where it's like, dang, man, we should have paid that guy. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's like, you really don't know the potential. You only see what's in front of you. And knowing how... Uh, David Tepper has been he's really all about what he sees not more about really potential with players that he has right now yeah so. is that did we cover all the linemen are we missing anybody no that was all the that's linemen. it yeah okay. uh, at least the oh, ones possible that are coming free, up agents. free agents yeah mm-hmm. um so I was looking at just stick it stay with the offense here just a little bit more. Um, I was looking at an ESPN article where they were doing a mock draft mm-hmm. for 2021. I know it's early, but you can't help but look at them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it. And they had us taking a tight end. Uh, I guess the, the elite tight end. I don't remember his name. Oh, Pitts. Bet, bet, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course they gave the rationale, which I've been yelling all year. We need a tight end. We don't have one on the roster that is a elite pass catcher or even a decent pass catcher. Um, 
is that, but again, a first round pick, especially if you're picking in the top 10, is that the most pressing need for the Panthers? Ooh, okay. From, from me <laughs> and seeing the situation, I'd go corner. I'd go corner, then tight end slash O-line. Okay. And linebacker. Mm-hmm. I feel like those four are the biggest areas of need right now. Okay. Uh, well, let's get into the defense a little bit then. You know, okay. Because – you're right. Those are definitely positions of need. Um, to hear Whitehead, massive <laughs> mistake signing. I mean, I, I know they it was cheap, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just want to mention him real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did. Honestly, he can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what What I really want to ask about is Shaq Thompson. Uh, in the off season. The Panthers made a decision to keep Shaq Thompson and let James Bradbury go. Mm-hmm. Was that the right decision looking back on it? Mm, probably yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I'm thinking of the linebacking core without Shaq Thompson, it would. Oh, be yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and- oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, corner really hasn't been the the total dumpster fire that we thought it was going to be. That's true. Shout out to Rasul Douglas, who I think is their best corner right now. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy corner right now. And And also coming up for free agency. Yep. (laughs) And I feel like he should be a priority to resign. Yeah. Jerry and I both agree with that. Yeah, we discussed that last week. Um, Do you think Shaq Townsend kind of can rebound after a lackluster season? And I say lackluster. I mean, it's still a good season, but he was kind of supposed to be the guy, you know, yes, maybe not replacing Luke, but stepping up and being the leader. And Jeremy Chin seems to be that leader in my eyes more than Shaq has. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like, hmm. I mean, it's one of those things. Jeremy Chen's a special talent, man. That's that's a guy you want to keep. That's a franchise player right there. Mm-hmm. And Shaq Thompson, while he is a solid player, I don't see him being that guy that you surround the defense around. He'll make plays here and there, and when he's in the right position, he'll do what he needs to do. But he doesn't have that it factor that Jeremy Chen has. And that's okay. Everybody doesn't have that hit factor. You know, you can be a quality player in this league and still be productive. Yeah. Yeah. And in your article, um, you do highlight Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, obviously a super young and very talented core of three players. Um, we've got Shaq for the next several years. You know, they've, he's signed that five-year deal. Um, is there any other player on the defense right now, I mean, Russell Douglas, you mentioned, but like Dante Jackson with his contract coming up here mm. soon, yes. is he a guy that you resign to what could be like an eight to $10 million a year deal? Got to see what happens next year. Yeah. Either next year or if he plays these remaining games, see what he does with that. And if he isn't productive or if he's getting burnt, if he's making mistakes on the field, got to let him go it hurts because I thought this would be his breakout year as well but I mean he's been hurt so much that he really hasn't really shown us much I felt he started the year out pretty strong 
Like he, he wasn't making those massive mistakes that he made. It seemed like he was more engaged and uh, it sucks that he got hurt because he's had that toe injury that just nags and nags and nags and sure you just can't. Yeah. And I'm bringing up another kind of underperformer <laughs> for us, Trey Boston. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> um, go ahead. What were you about to say? I, I was just going to say uh, another guy that needs to bounce back or, you know, should we look to replace him? I mean, he played well last year and this year, he, is it scheme? I don't think scheme can help you or hurt you when it comes to making tackles, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if stress got to him with this whole COVID situation or what, but he doesn't really look like the same guy. I feel like he just diminished just a little bit, which is a shame because if he was on his stuff in the back end, along with Jeremy Chen, I feel like we would have had an even better defense. Mm-hmm. And instead he's pretty much your average free safety, which is fine, I guess, but and you make do with what you got. That's why we didn't pay him like a massive amount of money, too. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, it it almost reminds me of of the Eric Reed situation where he came in and had, you know, a pretty nice what half of that season. And then they signed him to not a huge deal, but a pretty decent deal. And then he just really underperformed the first year of that deal and he was gone. Now Trey Boston is almost the same deal. You know, we signed him to a a decent contract and he's really underperforming the first year of this deal. So uh, I don't know. It's a mystery. Like you said, Panthers can't have good safeties. (laughs) Yeah. It's a curse. Shoot. They haven't been, they haven't had an elite elite safety since probably Mike Minter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say Mike Minter. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's a a dog right there. What's he doing now? Maybe bring him back. Uh, He's the head coach for the Campbell Camels here in North Carolina, sir. Oh my gosh, Jerry, that's a that's a pull right there. Good job. (laughs) Actually, wanted to ask y'all: Did you do y'all think that this also applies to Teddy as well? Y'all think that some of these guys, like once they get their contracts, they kind they're kind of like more laid back now that they're paid. I personally, I think yeah. Some of them, mm-hmm. not all of them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there, I think we've seen that in all sports, really. You know, a guy gets a big contract and all of a sudden he's, uh, all right, I made it. Do I need to work as hard? Do I need to prepare as much? Because it's hard work, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you played, not in the NFL, but you, you know, you played at a high level and it's, it's a lot of work, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Absolutely. I think some of these players, especially lower round guys or undrafted guys, and then they get that paycheck and they're set for life or set for a while. And again, physical activity like that just wears on your body. I think they stop. I think it happens to some rookies too. I agree. I don't think that's the case with Teddy though. Um, I think Teddy is just who he is. I think he's fine. Steven, I think you posted this or texted me this. He's a nice quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. Yeah. That's where he's, that's what he is. For the most part, which is what we pretty much knew. Yeah. I think if you surround Teddy with just elite, elite talent, that he could, 
he could take a team far, but he's not going to be the guy that puts the team on his back. The only thing with that is teams like that, like say like 2000 Ravens, mm-hmm. things like that. Can they maintain that consistency with that quarterback, knowing that you have to pay all these other guys on defense? Mm-hmm. That's what I've kind of noticed. Like a lot of these dynasties or teams that have been successful over the years, a lot of the Steelers, the Patriots, teams like that, probably mm-hmm. the Chiefs, God knows how long. It's kind of they have those franchise quarterbacks that are in place and they put them on long term deals because they trust them and they can. Once that deal's done, they're able to use their funds elsewhere. Sure, it might not be like superstars everywhere on defense, but at the same time, you have guys that are just good enough to get you over the hump. And I feel like quarterback's probably the most important position on the field. So that's where I feel like you need to put your money along with a lot of scrimmage. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far as calling Teddy uh, Trent Dilfer 2.0, but (laughs) (laughs) I won't go that far either. I will say this, though. Um, I feel like the Alex Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. are, are very accurate. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say Alex Smith in Kansas City is what I see him as. Very accurate, but he's not going to lead you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, any other thoughts, uh, Jerry, on the core of the Panthers moving forward? No. I think we didn't spend enough time praising Brian Burns, but other than that. <laughs> Pro bowler. Share yeah. a vote. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Get out there. Your, use your Twitter voice, folks. Brian Burns for Pro Bowl. Uh, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about the Broncos-Panthers game. Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients. That way you know exactly what is going into your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And I suggest checking out their chocolate protein bars. Mmm, chocolate. Right now, you can get 10% off of your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code P-O-D, POD. That's 10% off using code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. And we're back. So we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos Visiting your Carolina Panthers, we'll kick it off as we always do with the injury reports. And as usual with the Panthers, there's some big names on here. Um, did not practice. Dennis Daly, guard. Russell Douglas, corner. Marquise Haynes, defensive end. And this is not including, by the way, all the guys that are on the COVID list, which we released our emergency COVID podcast yesterday or Tuesday. So check that out if you're not sure who those names are. Um Sam Franklin, limited practice. Dante Jackson, limited practice. Christian McCaffrey, limited practice. And then F.A. Obata listed as a full participant in practice with a knee. The key name here to me is Christian McCaffrey showing up not only with a shoulder, but also a thigh. Mm-hmm. Where did the thigh injury come from? It's a quad injury that he got today or sometime during last week and this week. 
Jason, do you know anything about that? I would assume that it happened during practice, either that or he was doing one of his crazy workouts and it happened. Because <laughs> I know especially like in recovery, like sometimes you push a little too hard, mm. you know, overworking muscles that shouldn't be overworked, especially with his injury. So, so are you concerned about that or you think he'll be available? I think he's going to suit up. All right. I agree. He wants to get out there. I did. I think he's going to force everything he do- can to be out there. I agree. He's He has that Luke Kingley DNA. Yeah. There you go. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, we'll do our best here with, with what we have. Jerry Judy's list is questionable. Uh, he's saying Bassey, corner, is on IR. DeMar Dotson, questionable. Mark, Malik Reed, questionable. Mark Barron, questionable. And Trey Marshall, questionable. Um, none of their other than Judy, who really isn't a huge part of that offense. Uh, no huge names there. Um, well, we'll get into the lines here for the game. Panthers are favored in this game by three and a half. I think that's probably by just being a home game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over under for this game is 46 and a half total points. Uh, Panthers are one in five all time against Denver. Guys, Oof. this is one of two teams in the NFL that the Panthers only have beaten one time in their history. Can you name the other one? Oh, wow. Good question. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not it. <laughs> I'm overthinking here. Let me just throw a name. You're going through Steelers. all. <laughs> what, what was that? Steelers. Yes, that is correct. Oh wow! <laughs> Congratulations. Let's go. Okay. You you win a third appearance on the podcast. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I right. mean, we used to we played them in every preseason, so I guess. Uh, yeah, we get all of our those wins don't count. against them in preseason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna go ahead and get into the stats of the Broncos. They at only average 18.8 points per game, second lowest in the league. Um, they do it mostly through the ground. They average 118 yards per game on the ground and only 206 through the air. Now, we do have to take in that one game where they had to start a training or a practice, practice squad, squad receiver as a quarterback, and I think they only got five yards passing. So <laughs> take that. Uh, their defense is stout, uh, but they do give up 26.7 points per game, 131 yards on the ground and 218 through the air. So they're really good against the passing attack and they average 2.7 sacks per game. So Teddy might need to keep his lookout this week. Their red zone defense is really good. They're only allowing touchdowns on 47% of red zone drives, which is second in the NFL. That's uh, up really up till recently been one of the Panthers Achilles heels on offense is scoring in the red zone. They did have a, a few game stretch there where they were scoring pretty much every time in the red zone, but it <laughs> seems like the last couple of games been a lot of turnovers in the red zone for the Panthers and, you know, a, a little more field goal action than we'd like to see. So um jason i'm gonna kick it to you what do you think the key to the panthers winning this game is going to be find every single way possible to man uh 
What's the word? Contain Melvin Gordon. If you can't stop Melvin Gordon, it's a wrap. I'm sorry. I, if he runs, here's my prediction. If he rushes for over 100, I it, it's going to be a long day for this team. Mm. And I can honestly see him running for 100, especially with this COVID list. And if maybe like one or two of these guys on defense mm-hmm. are out, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, because that's like the entire interior of our defensive line. Yeah, I mean, because you mentioned Zach Kerr a little earlier in the podcast. I've been super impressed with him, just kind of coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was it's funny because he was one of those guys that Matt Rule brought out. It was kind of that that nepotism joke, mm-hmm. of, you know? Oh, that's his boy from one of his old schools, and he just brought him along. But he's actually turned out to be one of the bright spots of his defense. So it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah, when him and Derek Brown started like getting gelled together, the run game or the run defense really started to improve. Mm-hmm. Which is good to see, especially out of a young team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I Broncos... agree. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going <laughs> to say, stopping the running game is key one. In my, like he said, I mean, they have Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay averaging 4.6 yards per game. So. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're out there and they're running the ball, you're going to get a fresh back coming at you. Yes, you Yep. And I was going to mention Philip Lindsay. He's one of those types of backs I think the Panthers historically have struggled with. Just a small, fast guy that gets under your skin. You know, just always the Panthers have trouble with those kind of guys. So hopefully – uh, and as you said, Jerry, the defense, you know, pat, uh, rush defense has been – okay the last several weeks um even against like uh dalvin cook you know only mm-hmm. allowing him to get what 61 yards i think on the ground in that game that's that's impressive i mean that guy's been tearing the league up yes he has if they're able to stop melvin gordon and philip Lindsay, that i feel like they win this game convincingly but if yeah. not which i don't see happening it's gonna be a long day yeah Drew like likes to make a lot of mistakes, especially if he gets under pressure. And it, they, he showed it against Kansas City last week. And I'm hoping Brian Burns can kind of get in his face, start swiping at him, and make him make those throws where he just lobs it up for a, his receiver. But with Phil Snow's defensive preference of playing, you know, blanket coverage, I'm hoping some of our guys can pick him off. I'd hope so too. But at the same time, like, if you send those blitzes, do you trust the secondary to make those plays? Especially if Jerry Judy plays, because make no mistake, Jerry Judy might not be the offensive rookie of the year or anything like that, but that guy is still a stud, and that man will tear these corners up with his route running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I sleep on these guys. Yeah, you look at Denver, and, you know, you see they're 4-8, and eight and they're just yeah. not super exciting on paper, but they do have a lot of skilled players and you know drew lock at, at quarterback again and i you look at the stats nine touchdowns 13 interceptions doesn't seem like he's doing a lot um but he makes some plays on occasion i think that 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 offense they like to get aggressive uh throwing the ball we saw that if you watch the kansas city game uh you saw it a few times where they you know he threw it deep when he probably shouldn't have and got picked mm-hmm. twice by the honey badger Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that the Panthers can, when those opportunities come, because I feel like they will come, they get they gotta capitalize. I think 
to me, the key of this game is going to be creating turnovers, getting extra possessions, and capitalizing on those possessions. Okay. Uh, Drew Locke, by the way, he, while throwing in the pocket, completes just 57% of his passes for a QB rating of 63.8. When he bootlegs or gets out of the pocket, completing 84% of his passes for a QB rating of 146. So guess what they're going to try to do? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Watch for the play action. Panthers. Phil Snow. Uh, By the way, Phil Snow, Jason, Mm -hmm. what's your take? I mean, is this Uh, a one and done guy or Jerry about uh, Jerry's printing up t-shirts fire Phil Snow. I I think he's here next year. Let let me make that. He thinks he could be gone. I think Phil Snow (laughs) is definitely here next year, no matter what, but I am not very happy with his defensive scheme, the way he runs it. My thing is this, look at what he's working with, man. I thought this defense was going to be toast all year and they've shown that they are able to be somewhat formidable at times. So I'll give him another year to see what he does. Yeah, I mean, you know, they drafted yeah. seven rookies, right? So Yeah, man, that defense is so young. The fact that they're doing what they're doing, I'm not too upset with him. That's a good take. Yeah. That, that makes me feel a little better to think about it that way because, you know, we see him give up these big plays and make, you know, Phil Snow's rush three and <sighs> drop everybody back into coverage. That just drives both Jerry and me insane, but it makes Jerry apoplectic. Like he can't stand that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when you don't have the talent, sometimes you have to do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, I mean, we talked about him earlier, but do you really trust Trey Boston back there when you're sending a blitz? You know, my my thought is this though, you're in the NFL. If a if you give quarterback an NFL quarterback, anytime they're going to be able to get somebody open. That's true. I mean, these are NFL quarterbacks. You know, they're the best of the best. I feel like also he trusts Brian Burns enough to get to the quarterback anyway because he is that edge rusher. So when he's outside, like, yeah, like some of the interior guys might be able to get to him, but the guy runs a 4-4. So it might be really hard for an interior guy to really double team, especially when you have him lining up from outside. They even have that linebacker, linebacker at some games, have him drop back in the coverage, which I'm sure kind of drives you crazy as well. But yeah, I I feel like he's working with what he has right now. So I'm not too mad. Yeah. um, And and yeah, watching Brian Burns drop back into coverage is a little frustrating because he is by far the best pass rusher on the team. Um, It feels like, and we we didn't mention KK short when we were talking about, you know, guys that, whether we're not going to bring whether we're going to bring them back or not i think everyone just assumes that he's gone would you agree with that absolutely take the money sorry he's done what he he's done well for the franchise i appreciate him he's a good guy love him but he's got it it's it's time yeah Yeah. and i think with the emergence of zach kerr and zach kerr still being under contract i think you can let him walk and feel comfortable with that exactly it does feel like the Panthers are one defensive lineman away from having a pretty good line. I mean, we're getting a lot of pressures on the quarterback every week. Mm-hmm. We're just not really getting there. You know, other than the one game where we have five sacks, mm-hmm. we're not getting a lot of sacks. And Gross Matos, 
a guy that we haven't mentioned yet and who is currently on the COVID list, we may not see this week. Um, what do you think about him so far this year? Has it just been lack of opportunity that we haven't seen much from him or is he just not ready? Kind of a mix of both. I feel like he's a slow grower. I feel like he might be a late bloomer, might not be. But, you know, ideally you'd like to think that he would turn into maybe not Brian Burns good, but good enough to get to the quarterback consistently. Um, I mean – Hmm. he was drafted he was in the second round second Mm -hmm. i give him about another i i usually give guys about three years to develop and if you're not like that guy by three years and it might be time to move yeah i I think that i remember the knock on him being that he was kind of raw coming out and that's and but he had all the measurables to be like a first rounder, but he was a little raw and that's why maybe he fell to the second round. So I agree. I'm not ready to call it yet, but he has been a little disappointing. He's also been injured a majority of the season too. Yeah, that too. I mean, he's got a forced fumble, 1.5 sacks. I mean, he's been all right. He's got six tackles, which yes, kind of. Yeah. But I give him some time. All right. Jerry, any other thoughts on the game here? Um, so with Christian McCaffrey, hopefully being back, do you see a big ground game for him this week since Broncos pass defense is so good and their run defense kind of sucks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, you see, this is my thing with Joe Brady. Like, it's frustrating. When you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you want to give him the ball all the time. He's the Swiss Army knife. He's – when he's on, he's the best running back in the NFL. So, I mean, you you would want to refrain from, like, giving him, like, 25, 30 touches. But at the same time, it's Christian McCaffrey, man, which is also kind of why he's been injured a lot this season, in my opinion. So, I would like to see him spread it out a little bit, but I'm highly expecting them to just run Christian McCaffrey over and over and over again. <laughs> Now, I brought this up on our last podcast, the the emergency podcast with uh, COVID, with perhaps Co- uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore being out. Mm-hmm. I made the suggestion, as since Mike Th- Davis has already been running back for a while, so maybe even throw Christian McCaffrey out there in the slot or as a receiver a few downs and let Davis be the back, since he is such a good route runner, especially for a running back. Interesting take. I would, I would like to see that. On, hmm, that would be a good idea. That was my uh, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's I mean, and that's only if those two are down. I'm not saying put yeah, him in. Yeah, if, if they are down exactly. Wow, because you got to think. Okay, you got. Because then you're looking at Pharaoh Cooper starting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, nothing against Pharaoh Cooper. Nothing He's a good Pharaoh return Cooper, guy, but. Yeah, let's just let's just keep it honest. That's not <laughs> a starting wide receiver. I mean, I'd give it a shot. I'd throw him in, and if he's, like, successful early, then keep on going with him at the slot. That sounds like a really good idea, actually. 
At least, you know, give him a few looks like that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just to see how he matches up against the defense. Yeah. And a worst case scenario, you give another team in the future more tape to watch, even yeah. if you don't run it. Pretty much, yeah. The last time that McCaffrey played, which is a very sad thing to say because it's been so long. He's only played three games this year, and the Panthers, unfortunately, are 0-3 when he plays. But you have to wonder, if he'd have been healthy all year, what the Panthers' record would be because it seems like, you know, as we talked about in a lot of these games, we're like a player or two away. And you put McCaffrey in there, especially in these games where we've had trouble scoring – you know, in the red zone with McCaffrey, we're so much better, so much more dynamic. There's so many more things we can do. Um, you just wonder what the Panthers would be with McCaffrey healthy the whole season. But what I wanted to ask you was, when the last time he played, Jerry and I had a beer bet where we wanted to know, would McCaffrey have more receiving yards or more rushing yards in that game? Okay. So I think in this game, I'd also like to know that, not not necessarily as a beer bet, but what do you think? More pa- rushing or receiving yards for McCaffrey in this game? I'd say more rushing yards yeah. because their rushing defense really isn't that impressive to me. I think it's going to – to me, it's going to depend on how the game goes. Like, are the Panthers in control of the game or does Teddy turn it over a couple times and all of a sudden we find ourselves down 10 and need to get back into the game and then we get into a rhythm and – um, I think I would go receiving just because I went receiving last time and it won me a beer. So hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> consistency. Okay. What do you think, Jerry? I, I'm going to go receiving too, just because Joe Brady seems to really abandon the run quite easily, <laughs> even when it's running well. Like Mike Davis has had some games where he's averaging five yards a carry. And then in the third or fourth quarter, we may even have a small lead. He decides to throw the ball every down. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that too, especially in is it brings me back to that Vikings game. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually thing. the exact game I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, you really could have ran out the clock. You would have. Wow, now I'm mad again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially seeing what happened, like with the Cardinals falling, mm-hmm. and, and now that seventh playoff spot is attainable. You know, if the Panthers would have won that game, it, it's you know, it is frustrating. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see the passing yards happening too, but I, feel, I, I trust the rushing yards. Yeah. Well, he is a great running back. So, you know, if he gets more, if he gets 120 rushing yards, I mean, that's, that bodes great for the Panthers. So that'd be awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, since we were talking about coaching a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Rule, still the right decision to go with Matt Rule as head coach, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the first year. It's kind of like that three-year thing I gave the players, too. I give them, like, three years, and if he isn't able to turn things around, then it's time to ask some questions. Do you like what you've seen from him so far? So far, yeah. For the most part, I feel like his team will fight for him and run through a wall for him. I've noticed yeah. that on multiple occasions. Um, I feel like hmm, is his guys trust him, and I feel like for the most part, his decisions are pretty competent considering that he was a college coach prior to this. He's never been an NFL coach ever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this team is looking as good as it does at times surprises me. So 
yeah, for the most part, I'm pretty satisfied with him. What about the um, Joe Brady, Phil Snow, same kind of same deal? We just give him same some time. Yeah. I don't. I'm a little worried about Brady being gone, as a yeah. lot of Panthers fans are. Yep. But we'll see how that goes. I think we get him next year, and I think he's gone after next year. I th- I think he'll get some interviews this year, but he hasn't hit that hot, hot coach yet. And then mm-hmm. next year, I think the offense is going to improve. Hopefully, Christian gets to play the whole year. We may make the playoffs. We, you know, we'll be a more competitive team, and I think he'll be gone then. Yeah, I agree. What's the one thing, Jason, that you see from Matt Rule that you'd like to see him improve on in year two? Mm. Hmm. Like, I'm, there are many things, I'm sure, but there the, are many the number one thing. One thing to pinpoint on. I would say I'd like to mm, – but even then, like, I've seen him get into guys at times, too. Mm-hmm. I, this is it might be a me thing, whatever. I'd like to see him get in Teddy's face more. Yeah. On not honestly, not even Teddy, like the leaders of this team, be it challenge, be I guess authority of the team. Make sure these guys know that you're the man here and that you know, establish your dominance, you know. Not to say not be like, I guess, like a Matt Patricia or anything that mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. But, like a Mike Tomlin. Yeah, like let him know what's up. Like, yeah, like this is my show. And this everybody here is like, I guess it's a respect thing at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You messed up. Mm-hmm. Look at me. <laughs> don't do it again. Respect mm-hmm. me and don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, I think it's uh it's not quite as deep as that. It's just clock management. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> the game management, especially towards the end of games, uh, or like burning three timeouts in one series, things like oh, that. Yeah, that's a college coach thing too. Yeah. Though. He's got to get out of that. Just cleaning, cleaning that stuff up. I think, you know, personally, I think, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of sports shows, sports radio shows, and, you know, like Bill Simmons and Dan Patrick and a lot of these guys, and they're all like just still incredibly high on Matt Rule. They all wish that their favorite teams would have taken him instead of who they did. So um, to me, that counts for something. And, you know, again, like you said, year one college coach, uh, the talent hasn't isn't where it needs to be you know, to compete. Chris McCaffrey has been out all year, you know, best players out all year. I think he's done a hell of a job. Like I'm, I'm super happy with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I was, you know, clock management is the only issue that I really have. I think sometimes he needs to realize where he's coaching at. Again, he's not a college coach anymore. You know, sometimes he needs to make some NFL decisions instead of college decisions. Well, let's get into our predictions. Jerry, uh, you and I were discussing a beer bet earlier. Um, beer bet of the week. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to step on your bold prediction here or anything, but I think we had settled on one and a half interceptions over under for Drew Locke. I'm going under. And I went over. And why is that, Jerry? Because my bold prediction is Drew Locke throws three interceptions this game. I think nice. we harass him a little bit, and he lobs it up. And I think Phil Snow's kind of 
balloon parachute type of defense can jump up and snag a couple balls. And again, a big portion of this is some of the guys from COVID actually played. Because mm. I am a fearful that if Zach Kerr and Derek Brown are out, they're only going to throw 13 times and they're just going to run <laughs> Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay down our throats. That's obviously a big, big factor in this game. J- Jason, if you had to go over under one and a half interceptions for Drew Locke, for a beer, a beer of your choice, hey, okay. what would you go? Um, I got to go over or under. Yeah, mm-hmm. over under one and a half. Um, over whatever. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, and we forgot to say, since we are doing this remotely now, uh, the beer bet no longer is a beer. Next week, I am going to have to speak with an English accent for five <laughs> minutes at the beginning of the podcast if I lose, or Stephen will have to. And since he does okay. the intro, I really hope it is him. <laughs> Tell you what, if I if I I'll establish it now. The next time I'm on this podcast, if I lose the bet, I'll speak in a British accent for the first five minutes. There you go. Yeah. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make sure that happens. All right. Um, so dang, now I have to root for Drew Lock. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right so Steven, Jerry you gave have a bold yeah. prediction. Yeah. So my bold prediction is obviously again caveat. If this guy plays, um, Curtis Samuel. And this is going to be a weird one, guys, okay? okay. Is, I'm going to underline bold for this bold prediction. Curtis Samuel will lead the Panthers in rushing this week. Okay. That is extremely bold. Is, I think, he, I think uh, he breaks off a big one uh, early in the game. And I just don't know about McCaffrey. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I don't know even if he plays. So I'm just going to guess that Samuel is going to lead the team in rushing. I'm going with that bold prediction. There's no, there's no downside here, Jason, if the bold prediction is wrong. They're yeah. always wrong. So. <laughs> I think one time we had like 100 and 100 for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah, rushing, but so. was that really bold? <laughs> no, we might have cheated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything, Jason, that you think uh, you want to kind of stick your neck out a little bit, make a prediction? Mm-hmm. Bold prediction. Oh, let me. Mm, it's not really bold, though. It doesn't have. Yeah, you're, you're the guest. You do whatever yeah. you want, man. <laughs> Both Gordon and McCaffrey go, rush for over 100. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's, that was uh, I mean, probably that's kind of expected, though. I mean, I don't know because Gordon's in a committee technically with Wentz. Mm-hmm. So that uh, has the Panthers had a hundred yard rusher this year? I think Mike Davis may have gotten it once, but that's it, right? I, I, think, I don't know that he has, has he? I remember the one, the Falcons game, he was really, really close. I don't know if he yeah. reached it. I don't know if he – how have they? I know total yards, yes. Total yeah. yards. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they've had a 100-yard rusher So this I season. would say that is definitely a bold prediction if definitely. we haven't even had a 100-yard rusher at all this season. All right, so now we get to the final score predictions. And Jason, I'm going to let you go first. All right, final score. I've been thinking about it all week. And I'm I'm looking at the COVID list. That's still TBD. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. assume that, like, a sprinkling of them actually have it and most of them are able to play. I'd say the Panthers win. Let's go. 
31 to 20. Oh, all right. That's a convincing win. Yeah. Jerry, what you got? I have the Carolina Panthers winning. And, and again, the COVID list is so in question that it hurts to yeah. guess. But mm-hmm. I would go Carolina 24, the Broncos 20. Okay. All right. And I, I will make it a sweep here for the Panthers. Carolina 28, Denver 21. Uh, okay. So I think all of us went over on the over-under. Mm-hmm. So maybe go over on the over. Oh, no, actually, I went slightly under. I was two points you went under. slightly under. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and we forgot to mention earlier, by the way, that Greg Little has been activated off the COVID list. Uh, and Darius Taylor also activated from the injury uh, injured reserve list. So both those guys could be available, should be available. Hey, Taylor uh, means uh, less whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well i think whitehead has played himself out of a, a job here anyway, yeah right <laughs> some, some, somebody was signed yeah yeah all right uh any final thoughts before we sign off here keep pounding that's all i got there you go <laughs> all right we want to thank everyone for listening we definitely want to J- thank jason for stopping by and you can check him out again at si.com and your twitter handle at si underscore panthers right my personal one is at jason hewitt 50 all right and we want to let everybody know please follow us on twitter at meow makes podcast if you have any questions or comments you can email us at mailbag at meow podcast.com and if you leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, we'll read the comment on the show We'll be back on Monday morning with our recap of the Carolina Panthers total destruction of the Denver Broncos. Uh, Until then, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding.